Hey, welcome to Widow Too Soon. This is your host, Mark Massaro. I'm here with my friend and co-host, Michelle Bader, as always. How are you? I'm good. I'm doing good. How about you? Pretty good. Still exhausted from last week <laughs> and the week moving. before and the week before. Still moving, still yeah, packing. How's, but how's that going? It's going really well. We're in the final stages now, which is nice. Um, like contingencies are actually supposed to be removed today, nice. um, which means like, you know, we've fully finalized all the deal and everything. Um, they didn't ask me to make any repairs. Um, well, they did minor ones, but I told them, no, I'm not doing that. That's like, yeah, just being picky. Um, yeah. Hopefully it doesn't somehow find this one day and listen, but you're very picky. <laughs> but you're um, listening. Yeah. So that's, that's about it. But how about you? Uh, well, first What's I want to comment up? on something. So I actually looked it up because I was curious, like what states you have to um, say that someone passed away in the house. Cause I was like, did mm, we do it mm-hmm. illegally? And it's only three. It was like California, I think Arizona and somewhere else. Don't really? on that, but there's only three states that you have to. Oh, that. interesting. It was not Washington. Okay. So we didn't do anything wrong. You know what though? Had I have accepted and not to give out any like personal information or whatever, <laughs> but had I have had that person who backed out, had I accepted that offer, I'd have lost ten thousand dollars. Whoa! So, so I'm glad that they didn't feel <laughs> comfortable they with their offer. So that was actually a blessing in disguise. It was a little weird at first, but then I was like, "Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for scaring them away." Because I probably would have accepted their offer. It looked really good. They yeah. were, uh, um, you know, they were good, qualified, high, highly qualified yeah. buyers. So, um, yeah. But what's what's been anything new with you? Yes. Okay. So I added a bunch of vegetables this week. Okay. <laughs> so for those listening, it was spinach for sure. What didn't start with an A. Um, and I ate spinach like a bunch of times. I learned how to cook it and like put garlic on it, make it a bunch of rice. Every time I would cook it, I would think of how you were like, I put a bunch in and then it turns into a little bit. And I was like, that's what Mark was right. That's what happens. And I also baked some in the oven. Like I did a bunch of stuff and I also had cauliflower and green beans and cucumbers. I mean, this is a whole like, look at you go. I know right? This is what love can do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so wow. plus it's good to eat healthy. So that was huge this week. I also started a home group with my church nice. um, on Monday night. It was just a few people and I was definitely the youngest, um, but there was another widow. She used to be a widow there. So we could relate on a lot of things. You know, she's now remarried and um, but we just had a lot in common with the widow okay. journey. So that was cool. Just getting to know a few more people. Um, I also decided to go hundred percent with, um, I'm in, uh, John Maxwell training. Um, basically if you guys don't know, he's like a big time leader, pastor, speaker, and he has a training in Orlando and I decided to go. So I'm very, very excited about that. Got my tickets. And when is that? Um, March 6th through 9th. Oh yeah. You said your side note, the sixth, (laughs) I will turn 29, 29. All right. Again. again and again and again and again and again. That's so, good for you. You've been twenty nine a while. I know. I have. Yeah. And let's see what else. I've been running again, and it's nice weather, and it's like I just want it to be spring. You know, like see oh. what vegetables do for your soul. I know. You know what? That's beautiful. Probably it. Those vegetables. <laughs> like, I just feel like running. Yeah, and like I'm just you know I called a friend. We hadn't talked in like a year, and we were talking today, and I was just like I feel so blessed in this moment to have gone through like literal hell and to be where I'm at today in this beautiful home with all my family lives around me. My kids are doing good. And I have this amazing man in my life who loves me. And I just feel like just maybe onto a good stage of life. Like, you know, I had the good stuff. And then, you know, the last few years with Luke being sick, 
was really hard, obviously. And yeah. so to be back to a place of joy and happiness, and I, I truly get that God turned my morning into dancing. And just, I just, I truly feel that in my soul, like, and it's not that it takes a man to be happy. I already had the joy before Joel. It's just, it like extra, <laughs> like, it's like, I was yeah. already like, happy and I'm like whoo through the roof happy to have this man in my life who is just loving me and just caring about me and accepts that I talk about Luke and accepts my grief and like we said before like I pull him into my grief instead of pushing him out like if Mm. I'm sad I'm gonna tell him and like I I make these little videos for TikTok and stuff sometimes there's like slideshows of Luke and he watches those and he like wants to be part of it, you know, everything. And so that's that's, awesome. Yeah. It's been really huge. And so my message in that is don't fall for a man or a woman that will not accept your spouse, like your Mm. late spouse, because that's so important. And I've heard stories of the, you know, chapter two person, not accepting and actually being jealous of the man who has gotten, in fact, we had somebody on YouTube the other day that commented that, you know, widowers can, widows and widowers can never love again. They're always stuck on their old spouses and it's not fair. And you know what? Somebody had a bad experience. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. But you want someone who can be secure in who themselves, who they are and is secure in God, that they're not going to be threatened by pictures of your late spouse and all those things. So I really appreciate that about Joel, that he really gets it and he's coming to visit. Um, and so doing a little bit of preparing with the kids, especially the boys that have a little bit harder time with it, but we're excited. It's, I think it's going to be really, really good as we start to transition to families getting to know each other better. So that was a lot of stuff, but no, that's great. And that's, you know, so you hear that ladies and gentlemen, eat your vegetables. Look at what it, look at what it did for Michelle. (laughs) Vegetables, (laughs) love. No, but, um, I actually had a similar experience. I'll say real quick and then we'll get into the episode, but, um, I just had this like flood of the Holy Spirit just coming over me the other day and where it was like, I just felt like, and I made a post on Facebook about it and you actually commented on it. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like, wow, like, I feel like I've just been in this stormy water and that where I couldn't see and that God has like finally taken my boat to the other side and Mm, I can like see land in sight. And, you know, it doesn't mean that, um, you know, we don't still have grief moments and I don't wish things were different or whatever, but I just, I had this peace just come over me and just flood my soul. And it just, it was great. It was such an incredible feeling where it was um, just, my mind was on heavenly things and it was just a beautiful feeling. So. Yeah. And I just want to comment on that real quick before you move on. I just, I see that in you so much and, you know, we've really known each other like pretty well for about a year now. And it's been just a beautiful thing to watch your journey and just to watch how you, you still grieve, but it's not, it doesn't seem to be as deep Mm. or as frequent. Um, And just seeing like how God, especially like I've seen it in the last few months, once you, you know, you decided to move, like all these things, like, I feel like I see like a weight that's been lifted off of you and like, you just seem happier And like, it's just been exciting to watch. And I'm so excited for you and your kids for this new adventure. And I think getting the weight of like living in the place where she passed away is also going to be huge for you. Yes. And it's like I talked about in that last episode that I, the closer I get to leaving this house, as much as I love my house, it's a beautiful home. The more excited I get because I get to leave this chapter behind and it will be hard, but I will. 
I'm excited to um, just start afresh, you know, and I'm pretty excited about it. So anyways, um, so ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special treat for you yes. today in this episode. We have our first widower. Um, Dwayne DeJoyce is with us and uh, he's a wonderful man that we've met and he's here to tell you a little bit about his story and what he's been through um, and how God is carrying him. Hi, Dwayne. How are you? I'm doing well, Mark. You doing all awesome. right? Awesome. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. We really yes. appreciate this. It's such a blessing um, to get to hear other people's stories and not mm-hmm. only for us, um, but for the listeners as well, like we've talked about in other episodes that some people might relate much more closely to you and what you're going through and what you've been through than they can to Michelle and I. And so it's mm-hmm. just, it's a real blessing and we appreciate your courage to come on and, and do this. So thank you. Thank you. It's a privilege and you all are doing the Lord's work mm, in what thank you're you. doing. I've received so much comfort, inspiration, and I, I, I feel like I'm not as alone. Wow. Because, uh, you all have, you. have shared your heart so many times. That's Thank beautiful. You. Thank you. That's why we do it. That's exactly why yeah, we, that's exactly, exactly what we was our hoped vision. for. Yeah. That was our vision. Yeah. Is that we would truly like help people. And um, so that's really touching to hear. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Like how, how did you meet your wife and how long were you guys married and just kind of start and go from there if you don't mind. Sure. Um, I met my wife back in 1978. Um, We were both from Pennsylvania, but from different parts of the state. Uh, Esther was actually a few years older than me. She had graduated from the King's College up Mm. in Nyack, New York, is where it was at the time, and uh, moved to Florida with a couple of friends and lived in an apartment complex uh, in Altamont Springs, Florida, which is a suburb uh, north of Orlando. Mm. Um, and I had driven down, uh, from Pennsylvania after graduating from college, I had gotten my degree in art from Slippery Rock State College in Pennsylvania. Mm. And, uh, but I wanted to get uh, a a job in music out of Disney. So I was, uh, that was my first Mm. destination. And, uh, so I lived with these, uh, friends who had let me drive their car down and I was going to buy the car from them. Well, they lived in the same apartment complex. And um, one day I went down to the pool and I saw this attractive lady swimming in the pool. And uh, I was watching her swim and I wasn't trying to come up with a line or anything, but I saw her swimming and I said, hey, you swim pretty good. Um, Did you take lessons? And she said, no, I taught myself. I love it. That's so cute. that was... That was kind of the story of Esther's life. She was like a lifelong learner and always teaching herself things Mm -hmm. and teaching me things too. But that didn't turn her off. Um, And uh, uh, so we just got to know each other uh, from that point on and uh, eventually uh, fell in love. Uh, Now, now get this. Um, She said to me and I didn't have a strong relationship with the Lord at that time and uh she had said early on well Dwayne I know that I want to marry a man after God's own heart Mm. and I thought because I didn't know my Bible real well then and I thought I wonder what she means by that 
a man after God's own heart, not knowing about King David. Mm -hmm. um, but that's what she was telling me. And I thought, well, I want to be a man after God's own heart. Mm -hmm. that, sounds, that sounds like what I should be striving for anyway in my life. So that got me really thinking. And at that point in time, I gave my heart to the Lord because so, so in that way, Esther really led me to a real relationship with God, which I hadn't mm -hmm. had before that. I, I was running. And, and uh, uh, so it was, uh, uh, I always was indebted to her uh, that way for, for doing that and making me stop and think. So um, we got married we, uh, in, 19, in the tail end of 1979. Um, through the years, we had most of our children through the 80s. Uh, we had five children, a wow. son, and then four daughters. Oh, wow. and, uh, <laughs> we always thought another son was going to be in there, but no, we just ended up having girls, girls, girls. And uh, uh, so they, they've been a real blessing, too. We just love our kids. That's awesome. Yeah. And they live in uh, various parts around the country. Um, our son lives in Phoenix with his wife and two of our granddaughters. Uh, uh, our uh, second daughter, or our first daughter, uh, has three kids here in Central Florida. Um, they have, she has the oldest kids, uh, uh, two girls and a son, a grandson. And then uh, my second daughter lives in San Francisco with her husband. And they have two granddaughters there. And then I have two uh, younger daughters who are not married. And they live here in uh, Central Florida also. Oh, wow. Wow. You know, it's, it's, uh, I love that. I love the story of how you guys mm -hmm. met. So that's, cute. That's so neat. Yeah. And so you guys, you know, so you said the tail end of 1979. Was it December? Yes, it was December 29th. Oh, wow. Oh, it really was the tail end of 79. It was the tail end. Somebody, <laughs> very. somebody, somebody told us that um, uh, there were tax advantages to uh, waiting uh, till uh, the year didn't change. Well, they were wrong, uh, but <laughs> we believed them, and, and we did that anyway. Okay. And uh, uh, because Esther was a, uh, so Esther had gone to school for, and gotten her teaching degree, elementary education. So she did that for a couple of years before we started having children. And then we started having children and we started listening to um, uh, Dr. James Dobson. We were mm -hmm. great students of, of Christian psychology early on. There right. was a, a wonderful Christian psychologist named Dr. Clyde M. Naramore, who we just loved. Well, he was kind of the... the uh, progenitor, the, the one who came before Dr. Dobson. Okay. Um, she also loved Dr. Henry Cloud, oh, yeah. uh, who, Boundaries, who wrote yeah. uh, Boundaries, that's mm -hmm. right. She lived by that book. Well, um, because she had this teaching degree, she felt very confident when Dr. Dobson started uh, talking about homeschooling, um, that that was something that we could do. And I was all on board with that because uh, we just felt like that, that would be the best way to uh, raise our children. So we uh, homeschool uh, all of them through all of the grades. Uh, wow. Right I have a lot grade. of respect because I'm trying to do that right now and it's just a struggle. 
is I'm difficult. Sure it is, Mark. I can't imagine doing it on your own and not being a teacher. And doing yeah. it. however, you are equipped to do it. Mm-hmm. I, I am about to do it. Um, totally. I, I feel like, because, um, you know, I didn't have the best educated, so I feel like they're lacking for not having mm. uh, teachers in school. Um, so I am excited to get them back into yeah. um, public school when we move to Tennessee. Uh, um, that's what you're going to do. Yes, yes. So, yeah, we're moving to Tennessee. I'm going to put them back in public school. And, um, you know, I noticed it's, it's, I don't know how familiar you are with California um, with your daughter living here, um, but it is very taboo here to be Christian. Um, and a lot, you know, like as far as, um, you know, in the public schools and things, the kids can't pray and a lot of things like that, but that's, that's neither here nor there, but um, I, I wanted them to be in public school, but didn't necessarily want it to be here um, right. for, for several reasons I don't need to get into, but um so I'm, I'm excited for that for them. And, and my, my daughter, my son's never done it. He's in kindergarten, but um, my daughter really thrived um, being around a lot of other She's kids. She's so social. She so is very social. And so I feel like just that element alone is going to be very good to get her into um, public schools. But anyways, I'm not, not talking about me on this episode. I wanted to, <laughs> so you guys were married um, approximately how long again? Did you say 40 and years? a half years? Oh, oh well, I should know that actually, because actually, that was the year we I was were, born. <laughs> we were married almost 41 years. She uh, passed in November of 2020. So we mm. were about a month and a half shy of 41 years. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Wow. wow. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about what happened? Sure. How did you lose your wife? Um, well, We were uh, getting ready for uh, the beginning of the uh, 2020 school year. And uh, the day before, um, I had taken my nightly walk. I walked in the door over there, and Esther was sitting here on the sofa. Um, and uh, I, I said, well, there, honey, I walked uh, uh, two miles uh, in under 30 minutes. She went, you always walk faster than me (laughs) when I'm not with you. And I said, well, that's because we talk together and you slow me down in a good way. Yeah, yeah. Good way. Well, um, so she didn't walk that night, but she could have. She felt fine. Um, So she got up and got ready to go to school the next day. She was going to do a parent presentation. And um, I watched her go out the door. I didn't watch her drive off that day. Um, like I often did, but I just watched her go off. And I was working from home by then. COVID had mm-hmm. already, we were in the midst of that. Uh, uh, and uh, so we were both had been working from home together. And uh, so she went off to school and I got a call as I was sitting in my back office. And um, it was Esther's, I could tell it was from Esther's phone because her name came up. I said, hey, honey, to Dwayne, this is Robin. She was the principal where Esther taught. She said, we think Esther's had a stroke and they've taken her to mm. the uh, emergency room. Uh, you need to get there right away. And of course, I dropped everything and got there as quick as I could. And I was probably there within uh, 20 minutes to half an hour. I met her in the emergency room and um, she was downstairs and uh, Esther wasn't one to worry, but uh she was worried. Uh, 
she said um, um, they uh, they uh, told me this is serious, and uh, I was trying to uh, get her to be settled down. Uh, so I started praying with her, and uh, we we had some more conversation. We were calling our children. Um, I guess I asked if they had uh, given her that kind of medication that I had heard that they would give stroke victims that helps kind of thin the blood. Well, no, they haven't given me given me anything. Well, you give that kind of medication when a person has had a clot. Esther had had a first aneurysm. And you don't give that kind of medication, it would make it make the aneurysm even worse. So they didn't give her anything. They took her upstairs and they uh, were going to do some procedures. They had some things planned, but first they wanted to ask her questions and to see, you know, if maybe there were any effects from this on her mind. And uh, uh, they asked her, what year is this? And she said, 2002? Mm. Well, then everybody knew that her brain was definitely affected. Um, and then about two or three minutes later, um, she put her hand to her head. She said, oh, it hurts. And she just started vomiting. Mm. And I watched her head go down. And uh, I said, is she gone? And they didn't answer. I had never seen anything like this before. So um, they just quickly laid her down, got her prepared, and um, they uh, uh, that that's pretty much what happened right there. Then they took her into surgery, and they did what they could. Basically, she her brain was bleeding. And uh, she had gone into a coma. And the doctor took me into a room after the surgery. He wasn't real optimistic. Um, we did what we could, but if we don't see some sort of recovery here in the next two or three days, then this is what you're going to end up with. And uh -huh. so she went into a, a coma. It ended up being a persistent vegetative state. And um, uh, for the next uh, month and a half, she was in the hospital. I would go in or friends would go in nearly daily. This was during COVID and lockdown. Fortunately, one person was allowed to go in the hospital in the room and be with yeah. her. So we did a lot of tag teaming between myself and friends who would go and sit with her throughout the whole day. And whenever I would go in, I would just pray with her, sing to her, and um, just believe that the Lord was going to bring healing. Um, and it, it was a very trying time. Uh, we mm -hmm. wanted to see if we could get the elders of the church in to pray for her. They were not going to allow a group of people in mm -hmm. for any reason. So that never happened. So we determined that bringing her home for uh, for prayer uh, and, and because they weren't able to really do anything more in the hospital would be the best route. But we especially wanted the prayer. Um, so we had her brought her brought home under hospice. 
So she had been in the hospital for about a month and a half, and then we brought her home uh, near the end of September. And uh, we had the elders come and pray a few days after she was brought home, and uh, there wasn't really any change in her condition at that point. Um, there were a few hopeful signs from time to time. Uh, she would garble some words, um, but in the end, it really didn't uh, have any effect. Uh, when we had her re-examined by a doctor who came to visit, uh, he called it persistent vegetative state. Well, um, back in 2013, I had had a valve replaced in my heart, and uh, the surgery was uh, totally successful. But after that surgery uh, in 2015, Esther said, Dwayne, we need to have our wills made. And so we went to the lawyer and he drew up uh, papers. And he also suggested we have an advanced directive made. And uh, probably only I thought, well, we'll never need to use anything like that. Mm -hmm. But um, it was wisdom on, on on the lawyer's part and on Esther and my part to go ahead and, and have that taken care of. So we did. And because of that advanced directive, um, Esther's wishes were, and, and our children knew this too, because they knew she had signed it, uh, would be that uh, if she was to go into that kind of a uh, situation, that uh, she wouldn't want to be kept, kept uh, on uh, life support. Right. She had a trait. She had a, a feeding tube and she had a catheter. So she was basically on life support, even at home. I learned how to, how to tend to a trach and mm -hmm. I learned how to do feeding through the abdomen. Um, and none of it's pretty, no. but uh, that's uh, uh, what took place. And then um, after about uh, uh, two weeks of, taking her off the feeding, uh, she passed away on November, uh, November 17th. Wow. So that's I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. And let me say, Mark and Michelle, Esther was ready to go. Um, probably in about May or June or even July of COVID, she had a friend whose dad had gotten COVID and he was in the hospital down in Sarasota and um, we thought he was going to recover uh, but we eventually got word that he didn't and we would sit over there at our dining room table and she just said to me at one point you know all this is so crazy I'm just ready to go home mm. Mm. And she didn't say that in a giving up kind of way. Right. Just, just kind of the way that the people who know the Lord mm -hmm. would be ready to kind of leave it behind right. if they were given the choice. And, mm -hmm. you know, we're not given the choice that way, but we know that we should all be ready at any time uh, to, to um, answer that call if it comes. And she was totally ready. Wow. It's, 
Faith can be a beautiful thing. Well, faith is a beautiful thing, but even mm-hmm. in the darkest of circumstances, seeing faith, I, I saw it also with, with my wife um, that she was also ready to go home and um, she was pleading for it by the end. And it just, it is as hard as it is for, you know, us, it was really beautiful to just watch how strong her faith was as she was, you know, it wasn't, um, you know, I've heard, I've heard a lot of stories of doctors saying that, you know, people on their deathbeds or whatever, that, um, a lot of times like call out for God. And, um, it's just, it's just a very interesting thing that when people have faith that it, it does, you know, nobody wants to go through the process of dying, but as a believer, there is a certain very real excitement that's in your soul for the afterlife. And it's, you know, we're, we're made that way. We're Mm -hmm. built that way, a longing for being with God. And, um, as hard as it is for us, it just, it can be a beautiful thing to see somebody that their faith is just so strong that they're not afraid of dying is the point. And, you know, we're all afraid of the death, you know, like, as far as I don't want to go through a bunch of pain, or anything like that but you know I'm my soul is ready to be with you know be with our father and um but man I'm so sorry for what you've been through it's it's tragic and I can tell you guys shared a really beautiful love um Mm -hmm. and it's just I love what we're doing, but at the same time, it's just so heartbreaking sometimes hearing some of these Mm -hmm. stories that you guys have also and um but i it, you know thanks for sharing it and so i guess well michelle i don't want to you know hog the do you have questions hog I'm away. Sure. i mean okay. i do but hog away okay <laughs> i'm just so curious um so what was it like for you at first being on your own yeah well this all came on so suddenly and unexpectedly right i would say to a person, Esther was the very last person anyone would have expected this to happen to. Mm. Um, She was the picture of health. Um, We hadn't had conversations preparing us for, well, what what would you do if uh, suddenly one of us were gone? Um, What are we going to do? I mean, we had just finished a home renovation. And everything was just the way she wanted it in the pantry now. Oh, Dwayne, you have these shelves exactly the way I want them. And so I experienced such shock. I was, mm. I was probably numb. I was numb through the whole process of right. see, trying to see through a recovery. And then when she passed, I just knew that I needed to do things to stay in touch with my humanity because God left me for a reason and I needed to be about the father's business in that regard. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, Esther would have said, Dwayne, you keep going. Right. You, you keep, you keep going on. She, she was German in her background. Her last name, her maiden name was Auerbach. And uh, she wasn't the stern kind of a German. She was just the very determined kind of a, 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 a German uh, heritage. Uh, her parents had been Mennonites and she mm. grew up 
with that in her background too. Um, so very determined folks. And, and um, I came to love that about my wife and came to, came to take that on too for myself. So I sing and, um, you know, she passed on the 17th of November. Well, at the beginning of uh, the Christmas season, I'm a part of a caroling group. I've done that oh. for like 35 years. Nice. And um, so I determined that I was going to try to get with friends and at least be in a few caroling gigs uh, during the caroling season. So probably about the second or third week in December, I had uh, sung two or three caroling gigs. And um, this year I sang about 10 or 12. Wow. Um, but that, that first year, I, was, I think I was numb doing it. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, I just knew I needed to uh, be with friends. I needed that companionship. Now, at that time, you still have a lot of people kind of coming around you. Mm -hmm. um, so um, this year, in some ways, was harder uh, mm -hmm. because um, th there hasn't been that same kind of uh, gathering of, of folks to see how I'm doing. Right. Um, but but so I, I think I was running on fumes yeah. those first few months. Um, I have a couple of friends who um, um, he was uh, having a Bible study on Revelation. So I was leading songs uh, for his Bible study. We would uh, come over and I would go over on Monday night and do that. I just tried to keep filling my days and nights up with things. Um, at that time, though, I had to work from home. Uh, oh, oh, by the way, I kept working through all of this. Oh, wow. Um, wow. I, I had a job. I still have the same job. I'm, a, I'm a, an advisor at a local university. Oh, wow. And um, I carried my laptop into the hospital. And um, my laptop is set up here now at home. I, can, I could work from home. So I worked from home through December all the way until June. And uh, there was nobody coming in and out of my house. I was doing this all alone, virtually. Um, I'd turn on some music in the background just so it wouldn't be total silence. And um, then in June, I was able to begin to go back in. We're, we're still at bare minimum staff uh, where I work. Most folks have been told they don't have to come in. So there's about three or four people that come in besides myself. Um, and it's very lonely even there, but it's better than, than mm -hmm. just being here at home. Um, and I had COVID in May of 2020. Mm. And um, I had lost, because I'm so emotionally driven, Mark and Michelle, um, I had no appetite right. through practically all of Esther's affliction. Um, I forced myself to eat. We were having meals delivered. Um, uh, we got so much help from from uh, kind and, and caring folks who were friends of Esther's, uh, especially teaching friends. Um, but uh, I forced myself to eat as best I could, and I still lost 20 pounds then. Wow. Well, I might have started to put it back on by May, but then I got COVID. 
and uh, mm -hmm. lost another 15 pounds. Um, so I went from about 168 pounds and now I'm at about 148. So I, I guess I put a little of that weight back on and really I'm about where I should be for my, for my uh, size. Um, and I do what I can to, to keep myself in shape. I, I make myself go walk and, and exercise because if I don't exercise, I don't sleep as well. Mm -hmm. um, it just helps my metabolism run right. right. And besides, it keeps me, keeps me more fit. And I know uh, here in Florida, you have that luxury. I'm, it's mm -hmm. going to be 35 degrees in the morning tonight because we're in January. But uh, most most days of the year, floor is pretty pretty comfortable, and mm -hmm. uh, we can get out and do our workouts outside. So uh, I force myself to do that um, because I know it's the right thing to do, and will will keep me in better shape. Mm -hmm. And I force myself to eat healthy. Esther was an amazing cook, and um, uh, she made everything I liked, and and uh, it was healthy. Um, and I tried to kind of pick up the uh, uh, baton from her of, of cooking some things. Um, you could look at my Facebook page and see I make muffins and soups and uh, wow. Good job. Uh, all, all kinds of things I, I try and cook. Oh, I've made bagels because Esther used to make bagels. She's got mm -hmm. a video on YouTube of her making bagels um, and cooking things with the grandkids. Um, she was she was just pretty incredible that way. It was Sounds part of that like lifelong it. learner thing that mm -hmm. I, I talked about. Um, so uh, I, I plugged away. I, I right. we talked earlier about making the bed the first thing in the morning. Mm -hmm. You 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 take the baby steps and right. you determine each day. I'm just going to do the next necessary thing and sometimes you go out and make yourself do the hard thing yeah i will take walks at night between eight and ten o'clock mm. because it's hard to go out in the darkness and just go walk by yourself when you always used to do it with your partner mm. and have nice conversations yeah but you have to do the hard thing wow I went to I went also went to Grief Share early on. Um, oh, great program! From about January 2020 to I think it was March. Um, Cross Life Church over in Oviedo uh, had had that. I actually visited uh, Summit, a, a church closer to us, uh, at about the same time. Um, so um, that's a uh, I forget how many weeks that goes on. Um, I've been um, singing on my worship team mm. um, through the months um, and, and involved in going to life groups um, because I just knew I needed to be around people. I just forced myself to go be with people, to go make friends, um, mm. even when it's uncomfortable. Right. Wow. Um, I love, I, uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I love, you're very inspirational. Yes. And you know, a lot of um, our listeners, they have young kids or, you know, kids that they say, that's how I kept going. 
And so it's nice to hear a different perspective if you don't have young kids, which I'm sure we have a lot of listeners who don't have young kids at home or any kids at home to hear how you're doing it. Because a lot of people I feel like can't relate to what Mark and I talk about. So to hear your story of how you just forced yourself to do it, because I think there are a lot of widows and widowers who just don't get out of their house and because that's the easier thing to do. But I love all the things you shared, the hobbies, the life groups, the worship team. I mean, it's very inspirational. It makes me want to get out and do more things. I was just going <laughs> to say, it's funny because I, when we, before we started recording, I was telling you, Dwayne, that I think you're going to really be able to inspire and help a lot of people. Oh, yeah. And I'm feeling inspired. Me I'm too. like, I can do better. I can be really doing better. Like, I need to start eating better. And yes. so, so thank you. I know it's <laughs> well, great. encouragement. Mm-hmm. You know, we really cared about nutrition and how we looked. We tried to look good for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I love that. Esther dressed amazingly. I mean, she was a teacher, an elementary school teacher, but she cared about how she looked. She would sit on the sofa here and, uh, look, uh, go to a, a blog about how to look good after mm. 50 yeah, and, <laughs> and uh, do that kind of research. But she was, she was, she didn't do a lot of makeup or anything. Natural she beauty. Was, <laughs> that's right. That's right. And she cared about having a nice figure. And um, uh, I would be over there doing push-ups, and she would go, mm. good job. Oh, you're a cheerleader. Wow. We, we would do that for each other often. So cute. Good job. Good job. That's really awesome. I, it's a beautiful love story. I can hear just the way that you talk about her. I can feel the love between you guys. Absolutely. And that's such a beautiful thing to hear about. And so during this time period, um, while she was sick and after she's passed away, do you have any favorite songs or Bible verses that have helped you through this time? Sure. Here's a little list of songs. You know, mm-hmm. some of these songs I was listening to with Esther before uh, mm-hmm. we would drive to church on a Sunday morning. I'd say, honey, listen to this song. This is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this song called Graves in the Garden. I love that. Version. That is one of my favorite. <laughs> and, and I said, honey, they don't sing the, the, the title line until they get to the bridge. And so this song is, is structured uh, very uniquely in, okay. that, in that you kind of have to wait for the, for the, the punchline, so to speak. And I love that song, Graves in the Garden, uh, Sovereign Over Us. That talks about, um, you know, I thought that because I was taking care of Esther so well, the Lord would never let anything happened to her mm. kind of without my permission mm. not the way god does things right oh. he's sovereign mm. it's his will mm-hmm. it was it was his time to take her mm-hmm. and i have to be okay with that even when it's hard mm-hmm. um there's a song that Selah sings it's called he will hold me fast Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's based on Psalms 139. Beautiful song. Mm-hmm. Here's another one by Lauren Daigle. Mm-hmm. Trust in you. Yes, love that song. 
letting go of every single dream, I lay each one down at your feet. Mm -hmm. Every moment of my wandering never changes what you see. I've tried to win this war, I confess. My hands are weary. I need your rest. Mm -hmm. But we trust in him. Yeah. And then, then the last one, and we were singing this on one of our last vacations together. There's another in the fire. Oh, love that song. And love that song. When you've mm -hmm. been through something like this, you'd know you've been through the fire. Yep. Mm -hmm. But there's someone standing with you. Yep. Yep. In the midst of it. So profound and so well spoken and just touches my soul on such a deep level. And honestly, this has been um, so great for, for me to hear another widower. Um, yeah. Because I don't know if it's just so few men are willing to talk about it. Um, or if it's just like the, the classic, you know, why, why so many more men die than women, you know, the kind of joke, I can't think of exactly how they say it right now. But um, I just, I haven't experienced, I haven't spoken to a lot of people. I, I can only think of like one off the top of my head that, um, and that was just through chatting online. Um, it's just like, I feel like you're saying so many things that my soul and heart feel. Mm. And um, because I relate to you as a widower, and I know obviously sure. different circumstances, different lengths of our marriage and things like that, but um, it's been really touching for me to hear you mm -hmm. so eloquently put so many things that I have thought in my heart. Um, and so it's, it's, you know, I sure hope that it's blessing as many me members of the audience as it is um, for me, but it's, you know, there's, I obviously can relate to widows to a degree, um, you know, females, but there's so many just things that are different and so many things that mm -hmm. you spoke on that um, I just, I understand. I understand the, you know, having to force yourself and, and just being alone and that, you know, you told us before we started recording that, you know, your wife was the family planner um, and kept your social life going and, and so many things that I didn't really um, have never really articulated into words. And um, I just, it's been a huge blessing. Thank you so much. It, it, it's that way for so many men, Mark. Um, um, you know, you, you, you and Michelle have often said how people will come up and say, I can't imagine. Mm -hmm. You can't imagine how many times I've heard that. <laughs> and yeah. and um, no, they, they can't imagine and don't try. It, it will just bring you down. And I'm glad you don't have to. Yeah. Because yes. I would rather see you be happy. On the one hand, on the, on the other hand, be aware that there are men and women, but there are men around you that are going through this. And mm. they might appreciate an invitation to dinner mm. sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um. I'll tell you some of the loneliest times, Friday nights, mm -hmm. Saturdays. Here's the worst time though, Sunday after church. Mm -hmm. You come home. Yeah. And there was always a, a Sunday dinner or 
a plan to go somewhere. And I've cried many times coming home from church. Right. You know, you're going back into the emptiness. Well, and that's it. You, you, you can't live there. You have to live in the gratefulness of mm. what you've had. I've had, I've had nearly 41 years of a, an amazing marriage. And I can't dwell in the loneliness and isolation and the idea it's never going to change. Mm. It's going to change. Mm -hmm. It's going to change because God is that kind of God. He's mm -hmm. that kind of God who restores mm -hmm. and he brings hope. And he's told me, he's told me there's going to be more joy than you can imagine. Mm. Wow. I don't know how it's going to take place, but I mm. believe him. Mm -hmm. I believe him. And that's a choice that I make each day. That doesn't mean I don't have dark days. <laughs> We've had some pretty gray, cold days here in Central Florida. And those are the hardest days, honestly, mm. to, to, to get up and go out. Yeah. But you just have to face it and, and move on mm -hmm. and realize that, that God's got a plan. And mm. he didn't cause this for to just make everyone miserable. Right. That isn't mm. what this is about. Mm. I may feel that way sometimes, mm -hmm. but that's my feeling. And I have mm -hmm. to, I have to work through that and, and do the hard thing sometimes. Uh, if you look on my uh, Facebook page, you'll see uh, some entries where I just go over and ride by Lake Monroe. They have a, a, a river walk there that's about mm -hmm. uh, six or eight miles. And I'll just go ride my bike nice. uh, on, on a Saturday morning by myself. And then, then maybe visit a coffee, coffee shop afterwards. Because it's not easy to just go do it by yourself, but it keeps me in shape and it uh, takes my mind off just being uh, uh, kind of in a solitary way. And, and I think starting to see that I, I'm, I'm making some friends and, and I'm getting through, uh, it's just I have to be patient. Esther mm -hmm. always said, Dwayne, you're not very patient. <laughs> well... You know, God was going to do something about that, wasn't he? Mm -hmm. And uh, so I have to be resolved that he's doing his work that way. Indeed. Yes, mm -hmm. indeed. It is, it's, a, it's a deep spiritual understanding and a deep faith that I can see that comes from you and from your mm -hmm. words. And um it's something that only God, it's a gift that only God can give. Yeah. Chris. It doesn't mm -hmm. mean that it doesn't hurt terribly, no. No. but to be able to have that perspective, there's been so many people I've seen that just say, well, the, if this happened to me, there must not be a God or something oh, like that. Like they, right. they go the mm -hmm. other direction. Right. Yeah. And when your faith is strong, you, you really, you go the other way, you, you, you lean into it. And of course it's like, well, what else is there? Where else am I going to go? But when your faith is genuine and comes deep in, from deep in your soul, that's only a gift given by God, but um, it really gives you this ability to have a different perspective on it. And like you said that, you know, even though you didn't want it, like God called her home. And I've had those same 
feelings that I'm like, well, I don't understand why I don't understand why, but I know God is good. And I mm-hmm. believe that with all mm-hmm. my heart. And I know he loves me and I know he loved Lacey. And, um, I know that there is a purpose. I just, maybe I don't have the privilege of getting to know what it is. Like I've said in past episodes, I watched people get saved because Lacey got cancer wow. and, you know, I've always wondered like, well, gosh, like would those people have ever gotten saved? And because of that, they get to now be in paradise forever with the father because God allowed Lacey to get cancer and allowed me to walk through this. And yeah, I don't like it, but my, my faith will always tell me that that is worth it. One soul is worth any amount of pain that I have to feel on this Mm -hmm. earth. And it's, um, you know, it's, it's a challenging conclusion to come to but when you really like understand that God does things that we can't understand and he's bigger than us and his ways are above our ways and his thoughts are above our thoughts right and right um it just really gives you this profound understanding of like who am I who am I mm-hmm. to question what God is doing you know right. I mean, he's, he's God right and uh it's just uh I love I love hearing about your faith and I'm so sorry for the pain that I can see and feel and I relate to. And, um, but good, good for you for having such a beautiful marriage. It's a Mm -hmm. gift. And, but I know that takes work and, uh, you have a beautiful, you had a beautiful love and have a beautiful love because we know we're going to see them again. And we know Mm -hmm. you're going to see Esther again. You know, Mm -hmm. here, here's another song. Uh, this isn't a Christian song. This is an old song. Esther loved oldies. Mm. Um, she was a huge Elvis fan. That's why we, why we went to uh, Graceland. Um, yeah, yep. <laughs> looks <laughs> like you're still there. This <laughs> room in the background. Uh-huh. Um, but um, I came across this Moody Blues song. If you remember the Moody mm. Blues, maybe you two don't. But uh, there was a song uh, called "For My Lady." Mm. Um, oh, I give my life so lightly mm. for oh, my chance. Oh, lady, give it freely and completely for my lady. Beautiful. You have a great uh, voice. It, yes. It is a I was like, I love song. just listening to you sing. I don't think I can ever sing on here again now. <laughs> oh, right? We, we, after we've had Dwayne sing? Um, wow. Ladies and gentlemen, please don't hold me to that standard. <laughs> Wow, you are really so, talented, my friend. So beautiful. I was just imagining well, you, you singing. I was imagining you singing that to her, and it was like almost yes. bringing tears to my eyes. Well, the, the ironic thing was, she she didn't care for it. She liked songs that were very uh, uh, direct, mm-hmm. and she thought that that song could be about a boat as much as <laughs> as, as, much as, a, as much as She's about funny. a woman. Uh, That's because, hilarious. Because the verses talk in a metaphorical way mm. about sailing on on the ship okay um, <laughs> uh, i won't try and sing the verses because i can't remember the words <laughs> it's a beautiful song but link to that one too Michelle. yeah That's I will, a beautiful definitely song. Can, can i read this thing that i wrote please. about yes. the soulmate though yes um, please you know i i told you earlier i had um seen some things on facebook I, i'm a part of a widower uh widow group uh, on Facebook. Some people want to just talk about their spouses, 
who pass mm-hmm. and commiserate. Other mm-hmm. people are ready to date and move on and, you know, look at uh, uh, how they can progress. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the topic of soulmates comes up on dating sites. Right. And uh, people discuss that. And Esther and I never use that terminology with each other. Um, here, here's what I wrote for Facebook. I said, soulmate, that is not a term I choose to use for my wonderful 40-year marriage relationship. We were one in the bond of love through our Savior, who we each live for. We had that stamp on the inside of our wedding ring. Oh, this, I love mm-hmm. it. This is Esther's wedding ring fit right mm-hmm. inside of mine. And hers mm-hmm. says, one in the bond of love. Love I actually that. lost mm. mine in the ocean one time. So hey, me too. The second, the second, <laughs> did you? Yeah, I'm on my second I ring. So, I felt so bad when that happened. Oh, me too. It's <laughs> funny. But let me go on. So this is on Soulmates. I said, I was there when the stroke occurred that incapacitated her through her three months of care and when she passed at home. We had been best friends and lovers on earth. But we do have a heavenly reunion upcoming. To me, soulmate implies eternal exclusive exclusivity. I don't believe in that. And neither of us use that terminology about our spouse in talking to others. For me, such a mindset would hinder any attempts to move forward with someone else. Mm -hmm. What I had with my beautiful wife was unique and often ideal. I remember there was a time I said to her, I said, honey, I believe we have it as close to perfect here in this country and in our relationship as anybody could have. That's got to be as close to heaven as you can come. Mm. The, the difference is in heaven, you'll never see what happened to you, Mark, or you, Michelle, mm-hmm. or me. That will never happen there. hmm We didn't need the term soulmate to elevate or validate our relationship or give it transcendent meaning. We fully honored our vows before God. I have been blessed beyond measure. And I look for more joy ahead beyond imagination. Mm. That's so beautiful. That's really beautiful. And it actually makes me rethink, um, I'm writing a book. I haven't worked on it for a while, but it was called Widow Goals, Finding Peace in God When You Lose Your Soulmate. But you're making me totally rethink that title because of everything you just said. So that's beautiful. Thank you. Well, yeah. I'm not trying to talk people out. No, Michelle, it's a good point, but, though. But for me, as I thought about it, and if I want to move on, I don't want anybody I move on with to think, oh, he's always... Revert, re, 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 reserving something of himself mm. for the past. That. You're right. But wow. That relates to what you said. Can you love two people right. at once? I remember right. that episode. I love that episode. Right. And I so, really believe you can. Yes. Wow. That's a, such a good point, especially as I'm, you know, now dating someone else. I think I don't want to necessarily call Luke my soulmate because I might have another soulmate. I mean, like, you know, so that's a very interesting point. Wow, lots to think about. Mm-hmm. You know, my oldest brother, he's actually lost a spouse 
And so he can really relate and he's remarried. He's been married for 25 years now. I was actually able to sing at his 25th uh, uh, wedding anniversary. A few oh, that's years awesome. And uh, so he's been, been through what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. He allowed me to come to his house last, not this December 29th, but last year when I couldn't right. bear to stay here at home. Mm-hmm. I drove to Houston. That was another hard thing I did. I drove to Houston. Um, far. <laughs> on far. December 28th by myself wow. all the way in one in, in 15 hours wow from Orlando to Houston yeah what that about 1700 miles uh it's not that far no I couldn't have driven it in that many hours but okay I don't know yeah, I'm, try, I'm trying to think where <laughs> I'm trying to but that's far that's far and it's Houston's what about you the middle go- of Texas no, Houston's on the on the east coast. The east coast. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm thinking. I thought it was west of Dallas. Okay. No, no. Okay. No, but it's still a long drive from yes. one guy. Yes. And, and I cried intermittently throughout that trip. I can tell you that because that sure. was that was only about a month later. Mm. Wow. But again, I didn't want to stay here, but. I want to put myself through the times of doing the hard thing. Mm-hmm. I, you know, you all have talked about, I think have you both gone through counseling. I haven't gone through mm-hmm. personal counseling and I still may need to do that. Yeah. It's really great. And, and I'm open to that. Uh, right. But um, I, I've done a lot of, I've had a lot of talks with a lot of people. I can tell you that I, I went out with a, uh, widower friend the other day we had lunch together and um, his experience was a little different than mine it wasn't quite as sudden but there was some suddenness to it she passed a little more uh, uh, a little sooner than than they expected but he had been married almost 40 years so uh, um, there's a lot of, uh, of common ground mm-hmm. in what goes on and with people my age too which you know, that's a little bit different than you young people's <laughs> experience because a lot of people my age wonder, are we going to, is there going to be a chapter two? Right. Sure. Mm-hmm. Are we I mean, I even on? wonder that at my age, to be honest. Oh my goodness. I, well, I just, I wonder, cause I don't, you know, I don't know. It, it's okay. We can talk about that another time, but you know, I, I, I relate to that. I understand like, yeah. cause you know, I mean, what I'm comparing it to is like, wow, I was 20, you know, that there's a whole different chapter of life. I didn't have two small children. I didn't, you know, and I'm just thinking like, who's going to sign up for this kind of a, you know, where, where some of the thoughts going through my mind. Yeah. We got um, a lot of listeners so, who'd sign up for it, Mark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They just hit me up every day. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, but I, I do understand those feelings. And those were, you know, at first the feelings were, do I ever want to be with somebody again? And then that yeah. changed. And like you said, the loneliness and the, the desire to have um, camaraderie with someone and uh, conversation. Yeah, somebody to just share life with. And, mm-hmm. you know, because things are so much less exciting when, you know, you don't have somebody to share it with. It's like, you know, you can get this new cool thing or whatever, but you're like, 
okay, well now what? Like, I don't have anybody to share it with, you know? Or, or, or watch uh, the new version of West Side Story, which I like musicals. Uh-huh. I like to see it, yeah, but not on my own. Right. I don't want to go see West Side Story. Here's something else to, to feed on. You know, I sat in my bed about a month ago and I went, and, and you'd have thought I'd realized what I'm going to tell you a whole lot sooner. I've never lived alone in my entire life. Mm. I grew up in a family of six kids. Wow. Um, I went to college and had a roommate, moved to Florida and had a roommate when I first came here and lived with those folks I mentioned earlier, then had a roommate before I married Esther. Then I married Esther. Mm. Wow. We were married 40 years, had a, five kids, and then dwindle, dwindle, dwindle. Uh, uh, we had become empty nesters, and it was just her and I for the last couple of years, and it was great, and I didn't need anything but Esther, I thought, mm-hmm. but when she was gone, I was laying in bed thinking, you've never been alone before, Dwayne, and you just lived a whole year on your own. Wow. Oh, wow. It, it struck me. Oh, that's really interesting. Mm. I don't and know I that I had either. Many... I had neither. Now that you say that, I never thought about that. I've never lived. I mean, well, I have my two kids, so I guess I still technically don't live alone. But um, sorry, go on, though. Do you ever think in terms, too, of in maybe when you met your wife, did you come from sort of similar sized families? Esther and I ditched. We were both middle kids mm. in larger families she came from a family of four kids i came from a family of six but we were both middle so i sort of felt like we always had a understanding mm-hmm. about each other i never um, thought about that no we came from very different family dynamics but we were both the youngest sibling i'd say that's probably the uh-huh. only connected dot uh-huh. um which there's a lot to that you know being yeah, the I mean, sibling is a whole thing yeah luke and i too are the youngest okay <laughs> Wow, that's uh, what a powerful, beautiful story. I'm I'm so grateful yeah, that you, you came on and shared with us today. Um, I look forward to getting to know you better. This has just yes. been um, enlightening in many ways, and I'm sorry that it took um, tragedy and heartbreak for you to gain this wisdom. Um, oh, sincerely, I, I, I get it, and um, but man, what a blessing you've been. Today. Yes, definitely. This is amazing. I love hearing from a male's Here's perspective. Here's a very short quote pertaining to what you said, you know, about being sorry. The great Christian thinker A.W. Tozer once said, it is doubtful that God can bless a man greatly until he has hurt him deeply. Mm-hmm. Did you ever hear that before? I have heard that before. I forgot about it. But I've definitely heard that before. And it's true. I mean, you can't. uh, I've been praying. I remember. uh, Sorry, not right now, buddy. I'll be right out. (laughs) Um, But I I, I remember hearing about, you know, wisdom. And Luke, please go out of the room and close the door, please, buddy. I'll be right there. Such a cutie. I'm sorry, I'm keeping you. Close the door, please, buddy. It's okay. Yes, buddy. He is uh, just very persistent and good for him. He, he just keeps asking. So, anyways, um, 
you know, I remember hearing that I believe it was Solomon who asked for wisdom. And God said, because you didn't ask me for riches, I'm going to bless you with wisdom and riches or whatever. Now, I'm not I'm not looking for the richest part of it, but um, I remember also in Proverbs, it speaks of um, asking for wisdom and God will give it to you abundantly. And, but you know, God can't give us wisdom without giving us life experience. He's not, I don't think anyways, how it works. I don't think he's just going to boop, bless your brain. And you're a really wise person. I think he gives you experiences to learn wisdom and acquire it. And, um, that's just a beautiful quote and I've heard that before and so I've asked for years and years and years for wisdom I've asked to be used by the kingdom or you know for the kingdom and um this isn't what I pictured you know of Mm -hmm. course but um God has given me a lot of wisdom through this and um and through this podcast has allowed us to help many people and it's you know this was something I was not comfortable with. It's something mm-hmm. that I wasn't going to do. And I told no. Michelle, no, like three times. <laughs> and, um, oh. you know, I was like, I don't, nobody cares what I have to say. Mm. And, you know, it was just the, but man, the messages we get and the mm-hmm. emails and the people that are just telling me that we helped them. It's like, wow, I'm so glad that I listened to the Holy spirits tugging on me to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, because I really feel like God is using this to build a community of believers to support one another and love one another oh, yeah. and um, care for each other. And we've met so many friends and mm-hmm. proud to say, I want to add you to that list. And yes, go um, find you on Facebook. You know, we want to, we want to be there mm-hmm. for each other because we all have this understanding that others just can't get. And so, you know, I have sought counseling and the guy was really, um, really kind man. He had a lot of wisdom to share with me. Um, but you know, it, it does always go back to like, he doesn't really understand what I'm going through. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. he knows it from a book, right. but it's a whole different thing to know it from experience. And, um, yeah. so, you know, I can understand people that don't want to seek that because I did, and it didn't really fulfill anything for me other than feeling like I had this camaraderie with a brother because he's a believer um but I don't need to pay 150 dollars an hour to have a friend you know or I sure Mm -hmm. I sure don't want to (laughs) no no you know Mm -hmm. anyways but um yeah we thank you so much for your time did you have any other questions Michelle or Dwayne did you have anything else you wanted to add well I I will say this Esther was a great reader and she told me once she liked to read books about people who had come through very difficult circumstances mm. and came out the other side stronger and better people and she would love my story mm. uh, uh, she would at least love the beginning of it here and let's hope she'd love the ending too yeah um, what a yeah. gift what a gift yeah. to know that and to have that in your in your heart as a a force to push you forward um, absolutely absolutely mm-hmm. and mark you've said before you know that you were the one intended for Lacey to mm-hmm. uh be there for her i know and i i felt that same thing after you talked about that i felt that same sense of purpose and mission mm-hmm. for who i was 
invented, created to be for Esther, mm-hmm. that I was there for her. And I couldn't have known it 40 years before that, you know, what the end was going to be. Right. Mm-hmm. This is going to be the end mm-hmm. of your relationship. Here's one other thing I wanted to be sure I slipped in. I didn't get to kiss Esther goodbye mm. because she had a tube in her mouth. Mm. And and it was at the height of COVID. And I I think how sad that is. Mm-hmm. You can't even kiss your wife goodbye. Mm. But I know, I know what our love was, mm-hmm. but it just, you know, I had a similar kind of heartbreaking yeah. experience in that I forgot to kiss Luke goodbye and it haunted oh. me for a long time. So the, the grandma told the kids kiss him goodbye. And I was just in such a panic and I was laying on the bed with him. And then someone had called the, you know, the corner. And so I was trying to get the kids out of the house. And I realized later after we left that I never kissed him goodbye. And my mom said, I'm sure you kissed him plenty of times. And like, he knew your love. And so I just had to release that. So although different circumstances, I didn't get to kiss him at the end either. And it bothered me for a long time, but realized it really doesn't matter. You know, it just, he, you know, I had, I had kissed her after she passed. Um, but I didn't, I wasn't able to before either because she was in such an intense amount of pain all the time. Even holding her hand hurt, um, like everything. It was, it was unbelievable the, the pain and torment that she experienced. But um, even like, you know, light, lightly caressing her arms, she would have to tell yeah. me to stop that it hurt. And um, so I, I relate to you on that. And it was just so hard because I wanted to just reach out to her and, you know, snuggle with her, kiss her or whatever. And, you know, yeah, I I understand that there's different circumstances for all of us, but we all do have the same um, feeling there. And it's, but, you know, like you said, Michelle, like your, your mom said um, that didn't, well, kind of expanding on that is that didn't define our love. Right. Um, And like you said, Dwayne, you know, the love you had, and I also know the love we had and you know, this is also encouraging for a lot of people to know that there's men like you in the world, Dwayne, a lot of these widows are going to love knowing that there's a man out there that has the ability to love the way you do. And um, it's, it's beautiful because, you know, as we, as men, you know, also want to find somebody else in life. um, You know, a lot of the widows out there are feeling the same thing that they, they hope that they can find someone else and they hope they can find true love again. And um, it probably, I would imagine it'd probably be encouraging for a lot of women to hear that there's yeah. men out there that are ready to love like that. And, um, so we thank you so much. Yes. For- thank you. This has been beautiful. So inspirational. I'm so excited for our listeners to get to hear this, to hear a completely different story, different perspective, to hear another man. I think it's amazing. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. We, thank we love you for it. having me. It's, yes. it's a privilege. Oh, it's a privilege for us. It's been absolutely amazing to get to hear your story. So thank you. So Mark, would you like to uh, close us out in prayer? Sure, absolutely. Heavenly Father, um, I thank you so much, first of all, for my brother Dwayne here and Mm -hmm. um, for all the insights and wisdom and um, just 
for, I could just feel the Holy Spirit in his soul speaking. And um, I thank you for that. I thank you for his deep faith and for the beautiful relationship he had with Esther. Oh, man. I, I thank you for his faith. And mm -hmm. Lord, I pray that you would protect this man and comfort him and send him someone, be it a friend or a, a future significant other, um, to fill his heart and soul again. And Lord, I pray for that, what you spoke to him, that you would restore his joy uh, greater than he can imagine. And we don't know what that means always, Lord, but I pray you would yeah. deliver that quickly. Mm -hmm. you're such a good father to us we you thank are. you so much for mm -hmm. your love and your grace and most right. importantly your son jesus christ mm -hmm. right. for without him none of us are anything and um so we just we look forward to seeing our loved ones again and we thank you for that promise of eternity yeah we love you and it's in jesus name we pray amen 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 well thank you everybody for joining us today for this amazing episode um, if you liked this episode, we'd love it if you give it a little bing, five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen so we can get the word out. If you would like to be a guest, you could email us at widow2soonm at gmail.com. Find us um, our Facebook page is actually growing by leaps and bounds. And we did a welcome the other day where people could introduce themselves. We'd love for you to find us, widow Too soon um, on Facebook as well as Instagram, all the places. If you want to see a little TikTok, you can find me at widow goals doing my thing <laughs> and uh i think that's all the stuff dancing on counters again i, I see right done, well i just reposted some old ones oh okay i, I didn't do it again i thought you got in trouble for that because you're no, like that was like feet off on the ground a, or something. oh that was on a barn well it was like chicken coop that looked like a barn oh, okay. and they, yeah they made me take that down but anyways listeners we appreciate you we'd love to hear from you and i hope you all have a fabulous week we will see you next time bye Bye. God bless.